Welcome to a Healing Peace Podcast. My name is Kimir Baker. I am an overcomer, writer, speaker, and God enthusiast. I am fueled by helping women achieve their emotional healing so that they can live the abundant life God has for them. In this podcast series, we provide faith-based inspiration to men from emotional hurt, along with tools and tips for emotional wellness. In your journey, as you apply these tools and tips, you will begin to live the transformed life that you always desired. In fact, you will possess a new you. Hello, you guys. It's nice to have you back. If you were listening to us last week, you started to hear an interview that I've had with my friend Patty, and I asked her to come back because she was sharing about her journey with working with her son through a addiction period. But not only that, how she was able to cling to God during that time and how he continued to help her work through her fears. So, Patty, thank you for joining us again. Oh, thank you for having me. I love sharing this stuff because I feel like it's just such a victory for God, what he's done. It's true. And I'm just going to jump right in because what you shared was a lot and you did it so quickly. So I kind of like to take a step back and dig a little bit deeper in some of your statements because I think it's very instrumental too to understand how God interacts with us. One of the things that stood out the most, and I think that's anyone who has a loved one who is doing something that is causing more harm, is how we look in that moment. And I know something that you shared was in that moment for you, you were consumed with fears because you didn't want to lose your son. Yes. Yeah. And so can you take me through the piece where... So I would assume at one particular point when he went to rehab the first time, you're like, oh, great. It was a sigh of relief, right? Yes, it really was. Yeah. But take me through the journey of, okay, it happened again. And how do you deal with that level of disappointment the second time around? Yeah, honestly, it happened many times. I had to go through some just really hard times to learn that God was in control. Because we knew the statistics with heroin addiction. I mean, I was praying that it would be a one and done, that he was done with it. But I knew statistically, that's really, really rare. But I hoped he was going to be the one. And that's what I was praying for. And then it didn't happen. But I know God didn't take away our free will either. And each time I had to work through things. And I'm trying to think what I learned each time, probably It's hard to remember exactly because I think God was kind of chipping away at some of my fears. Like in the beginning, I didn't want anyone to know. And part of that, he didn't want anyone to know. I wouldn't be sharing this right now if I didn't have his permission to be sharing it. But I didn't tell my family. It was almost like a sigh of relief when he got out of rehab because I thought, great, people won't know. I mean, there are people in the church and around us that I told right away. They were walking through the journey with us. I mean, spiritually, I can't do this without them. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't super, super open about it for his sake, because I was hoping this was just going to be like a blip on the screen and that was going to be it. But no, this has been a problem for three or four years. And there were several times I see how in control God is that 
like I said, my husband and I are in the ministry. We travel around a lot, <laughs> encouraging other churches, preaching here, all these times. And there were times we are in another city, out on the sidewalk, about to walk in to encourage another church's staff. And we get a call from either our other son or our youngest son's girlfriend that he's relapsed again. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, Satan, why are you doing this to me? But I think actually it was God's timing and it helped. Hmm. I got news like that. I wanted to curl up into a fetal position somewhere and cry. But instead, I had to keep putting one foot in front of the other and be giving and thinking about other people and not be thinking about myself and just giving into my fears. And I think it was actually the best thing for me, even though I hated it at the time. But probably the biggest time was last fall. I thought he was clean for months. And what happened was he was exhibiting all these odd behaviors. And that's what he doesn't like me going into detail about. And so I won't go, but I was just convinced. I'd been looking things up online, talked to my counselor. We had him going to a psychiatrist. I was convinced he had schizoid affective disorder. Mm. And I had decided, okay, this is just how life is going to be. I will always have my baby living with me as long as I'm alive because he's not going to be able to take care of himself. And that's just how it's going to be. And that's hard, but there are good things about that too. I'll always know he's safe. He's going to be right with me. That was my mindset. And It wasn't until we knew it just seemed like he was acting worse and worse, just irrational behaviors and stuff. And he had told me, I think this is just an addict thing. They they just can't tell the people they love they're using. And he had relapsed, but we didn't know it. We thought it was all mental illness. But he did tell me, he goes, Mom, I think maybe I need to go back to rehab. And I haven't truly deeply worked through the root of my addiction issues. And my psychiatrist thinks so too. And I'm not sure if that was even accurate. He might just been making that up. But I'm like, sure. I go, we can't afford to send you to rehab again, but I'll find something. And so he's on Obamacare. He does have insurance. He wasn't working at the time, but he did have insurance. So I found this hotline number online where you could just, they'll hook you up with something that you can afford. I called him up. I got we were tapped out. Between all the doctor visits, co-pays on everything, rehab before, and all, we had no money. And he doesn't have any money. What can you do for us? They found us a great rehab. Hmm. And so we were going to get him. My husband and I were speaking at a conference overseas. And we had decided we wanted to take a few vacation days early so that we could adjust to the jet lag, all that kind of stuff, before we started speaking at the conference. We didn't want to leave our son by himself. So we thought we'd take him with us for the first part. He'd be okay by himself for two or three days. And, you know, then we'd speak at the conference and come back home. And then he had decided that he was going to go back to rehab when we got back. So it sounded like a plan. So we get to the other country. Some things just are not adding up. And my husband searched my son's suitcase. And we found all his drug paraphernalia and heroin. He had flown internationally with heroin. I can't believe he's not in prison somewhere that they didn't catch that. It just blew us away. So of course, 
we take all that away. We went and found a dumpster somewhere and put it in it. And it was just awful. We're supposed to be on vacation and speaking to hundreds of people in just a few days about God. And we're dealing with our son going through withdrawals the whole time we're on this trip. Hmm. And in the mornings, he's thrashing about, he's in pain, fever going up and down. It really is every bit as bad as you see in the movies. And we would go out when we'd find times where he was sleeping and we felt like he didn't have to have us there. We'd go on long, long prayer walks and just cry. Hmm. But it ended up, it ended up being a wonderful bonding time for my husband and I. It was even so faith building with God because we didn't feel great about our son flying back to the States by himself. But this is what was planned. We couldn't get his flight changed. We knew he'd be in a vulnerable state, but we're thinking, well, at least he's clean. He's going to rehab in a few days. And God got us through the conference. It went fantastic. Even given all the low-level stress we had going on behind the scenes, I mean, we were very open about our son's heroin addiction. What we didn't want to get into was just, okay, he was going through withdrawals all the last few days while we've been here. And it went great. I was very grateful to God for that. Well, when we got back, more came out. What happened? We picked us up from the airport. We knew something was wrong. And he'd relapsed when he came back. And what happened? And this was the thing that rocked my world and made this the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my faith was all along, I prayed. Heron can be difficult to get at times. An addict will always know how to get it. But sometimes for various reasons, their dealers arrested, whatever, an addict can have trouble finding it and have to develop new connections. And so I prayed, God, okay, I know you don't take away free will, but please, if he can't, if he wants to use, please just remove his ability to get it. Please make it where he just can't find it. What came out later, and we didn't know this at the time, was that when he first came home to get clean, he would be out in the front yard and he developed a smoking habit when he was in rehab. And I wasn't thrilled about that either, but you pick your battles. And so he'd be out in the front yard. He knew not to smoke in the house. And sometimes he'd be smoking a cigarette. Well, a kid across the street came over and would talk to him, a college-aged kid. And I thought, oh, that's awesome. He's making a friend. I thought, well, let's have the whole family over for dinner. We'll reach out to him. And there was always some reason why they couldn't come. And we live in a decent middle-class subdivision. Well, what we finally learned was this kid across the street was a heroin dealer. And after I had prayed all this, God, just make it where he can't get it. Heroin had been brought to our doorstep. And this isn't right. And I'll get to that in a minute. But I felt so betrayed by God. Mm -hmm. And then what rocked my faith even more was we knew we're in another country and we're having to fly Grant home to be by himself for a couple of days. He gets back into the States and he finds out that this kid that he'd become friends with, who is his dealer, was going to have to go back to jail and committed suicide. So our son finds that out while he's all alone and at his most vulnerable. Hmm. 
So he went on a huge bender and just did awful. When we realized what was really going on and what had happened, we confronted him and it was starting to get heated. And he said, he goes, I think maybe I know of a better rehab that I could go to. And I have a list out in the car. I got it from my psychiatrist. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. We can call other ones, whatever you think. And he goes out and he just leaves. And he's never done anything that cruel before. I mean, he's just a different person he's using. And I was sure that he was going to go commit suicide. And I was supposed to be going to a birthday lunch to celebrate my birthday. And I had to call and cancel because instead my husband and I were driving around trying to find our son because we thought he was trying to commit suicide. And these were the worst couple of days of my life. Finally, he came back home wee hours of the morning. He called us beforehand and it's a long story what was going on, but he finally came back. Of course, we took his car keys. We're just trying to keep him safe Mm -hmm. until he can go to rehab. They were actually at a shuttle and they were going to come get him. It was in a different city. And it was just horrible. I felt betrayed by God. Like the timing on all of this, why did you let this happen? Why did you move a heroin dealer across the street from us? You knew Grant was coming home to get clean. And why did you do all of these things? Why did you allow it to unfold like this? And I felt like I was the clay and I was fighting with the creator. I just did not want to go through this. I did not want to be that mom. And while he was high that week, he had taken a lighter. You do really weird things when you're high and he'd burned off his hair all on one side of his head. He'd pulled out his eyebrows, all these things. And I felt like when I watched him, and he was just acting awful because then he was going through withdrawals. He's in pain. Worst thing we'd ever gone through, especially in our relationship. Normally, he's sweet to his mama. And this was just the worst thing ever. When I saw him walk out to go to the car, to go to rehab, I just thought, this isn't going to work. This is the end of my relationship with him. He's never going to overcome this. He's going to get kicked out of rehab. He's going to end up living under a bridge somewhere and he will die and I'm never going to see him again. That was how I felt in the moment. But it was amazing how God got me through it. I mean, Todd and I normally can hold each other's arms up in hard times. God has just blessed us with a marriage like that. But we were both hurting so bad, we couldn't even help each other. And I went to go see a friend and I'm so grateful I did. Someone else in the church, and yeah, I know, we're supposed to be leading the church, but I told her everything. And she cried with me. Mm-hmm. And she helped me remember. I was mad at God. I could never consciously remember being mad at God before. Like, why'd mm-hmm. you let the heroin dealer live across the street? Why'd you put him there? And she reminded me this was not from God. She reminded me of James chapter one, where it talks about God doesn't tempt anyone and he can't be tempted, that this was not from God. Mm -hmm. but that God gets us through it. And that really helped. I just needed to remember, okay, there's something here. God will help me. I started to feel better. I got an appointment, of course, with my counselor. I talked to her and she's like, you got to remember 
God has the bigger picture. And it wasn't mm-hmm. just that he'd relapsed. It was more all the lies and betrayal that went along with that. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing what God has taught us since. Even that day, I remember the counselor saying, sometimes I don't even know what I'm feeling. And she's like, you probably even feel stupid. I thought, yes, bingo. That's exactly what I feel. I was mad and I felt stupid. And she goes, why do you feel stupid? And I thought, it's because I was not born being good at knowing how to be a heroin addict's mother. Mm. (laughs) I thought that's so ridiculous. Right. Who is good at that? Who raised their hands to be trained in that area? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like we were drug testing and we knew a psychiatrist was drugged, but we thought we knew all the tricks. We did. There was some new ones we did not know about that enabled him to pass those drug tests when he was not clean. But now I can see God was molding us. I mean, my son, from they're on blackout. That means they can't talk on the phone or have any outside contact the first week they're in rehab. But he kept having his counselor call us and tell us how sorry he was. Mm-hmm. And he got special permission to call me on my birthday, which I thought was so sweet. Mm-hmm. And just apologize again. And by then, I felt like I'd work through things. And I'm so grateful. I have such a great biblical counselor. She was hard on me in a good way. She's like, you got to forgive every single bit of this because he's going to need you when he's done. And it's been so true. And I feel like I really have. Mm-hmm. And if things hadn't been so awful and gotten so bad, we never would have kicked him out of the house. And he needed to get out of the house and go back to rehab. I think in some ways it was hurting his self-esteem so much he felt stuck. That was making him wanting to use even more. That here mm-hmm. he is in his 20s and living with his parents. He was embarrassed and ashamed of that. Hmm. And we had to tell him, you can't live at home anymore. In rehab, you're going to have to figure out what to do with yourself. We got a lot of advice on how to do that through the rehab, through the counseling there. And he's doing probably the best I've ever seen him do spiritually. His whole life, whenever something's been hard, we're like, pray about it. And he goes, Mom, I finally feel like I understand that now. Mm-hmm. And I do it out of love for God. And I'm not just doing it because you tell me to. Mm-hmm. And he's gotten out of rehab now. He's been living in a sober home. It's going fantastic. He's acting more normal, looks normal. He has been working odd jobs to make ends meet since he's been out. But just today, he's starting a career-type job. He called us before on his way to work just this morning to pray with us about it. And he's just really making progress. But I see God had to teach me so many lessons about trusting him, even when everything looks dark and horrible. Hmm. And trusting and loving my son unconditionally. Do you have time for me to tell the story about the bake sale? Yes, go ahead. This was one thing. It just made me see God's brought us so far. This is so wrong, but I've never been close to a drug addict before. I just knew I'd seen on movies and TV. And I think I always looked at it like, well, drug addicts shouldn't have started to begin with, which is just so Ah. amazing. And... It was just kind of funny. This was sometime over the past year. I came home and there are all these baked goods on the counter in the kitchen and they're wrapped in plastic. I thought, I didn't bake this stuff. Where'd this stuff come from? And I asked my husband and he'd been out that day and 
seen this bake sale and it was for a rehab center and he just had to support him. So he went and bought a bunch of stuff just to support that drug rehab center. And I'm thinking five years ago, we never would have done that. Right. And I'm grateful for lessons. God's teaching us at things that I'm ashamed to say this, but I will look down on before. And now I just have nothing but compassion. Sure. No, I got to have conviction about sin, but I have so much more compassion on all sorts of things and, and struggles and awful things people go through. So much more compassion than I did before. Yeah. And as you were sharing about the things that you went through with your son, there's a couple of things that you shared that reminded me of God with us, because we tend to do things that are not necessarily the most helpful and can harm ourselves. But what you've shared, there's a couple of things that I'm like, oh man, that's God's character. And that is no matter what, he still wants to protect. Yes. Right. I hear that so much as you talk about your son, that you still wanted to protect him. You still wanted the best for him. But then there was also a period where you had to make decisions to stop. And I'm going to use a strong word, but enabling. There's a point where it's like, no, you have to take responsibility for your actions. But in that responsibility, nowhere in what you shared do I hear, oh, I'm so frustrated. I don't love him anymore. Right. right. And there were times I was super frustrated, but I've been a Christian for a long time and I knew I had to battle through that. Right. And that's understandable because you're seeing someone that you care for hurt themselves in a manner that is like, is devastating. You know the long-term effects that this is going to have on your son. Yes. And, and again, when you were sharing this with us as a congregation, one of the things that really stood out the most for me was God still loves us and he wants the best for us. Yes. And hearing your pain for that was like, wow, that's God's pain for us when we were making these decisions. And in those decisions, we think that we're trying to comfort ourselves. We think we're trying to understand our circumstances, but of course, it's causing more harm. And just hearing that wrestle, that paradigm of you're my child and you're causing more harm. And all I'm trying to do is still just love and protect you. Well, I think the thing I'm most grateful for is I've had my whole life deep faith issues. I couldn't put into words. I didn't even realize we're there. Mm. For example, I've always heard it said, you can't do anything to make God love you any more or any less. I've even said that at times, but I'm not sure deep down in my heart, I really believed it. Uh But now I look at my other son and my son who struggled so much, and I can honestly say I don't love one more than the other. And I'm so proud of my son with the heroin addiction for everything he's accomplished and overcoming here that it's helped me understand God's love for me so much more than I ever understood before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I can definitely hear that as you're sharing and what you shared, even with your husband bringing home all the baked goods, just even the level of compassion that God taught you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like in that journey. And then because you shared so much and I know when I do the recap, I'm going to try to highlight those elements But if you can sum up 
part of your journey, what stands out to you of, I knew that this was God helping me to heal in these areas of my heart? It's hard to say because I always want things to be over with. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, a sound bite from somebody and I just cling to it. Like my counselor saying, God has a bigger picture. It wasn't like I'd never heard that before, but I thought, yes, yes. <laughs> and I want to hold on to it. I think even now I'm still healing and overcoming. Mm -hmm. But what's really cool is I feel like I've learned to overcome some fears I've learned not to be quite as fearful that God's going to get me through it. I literally, if I catch myself thinking, what if this happens? I stop myself in my tracks mm -hmm. inside my head and it really is working. I feel like even now, and it hasn't been that long, it's only been a few months and I feel like it's one of those special golden times in my relationships with God where he's just holding mm -hmm. my hands and leading me along. Mm -hmm. Like it's the best it's ever been. My prayers are better than they've ever been. I'm learning new things about God. And the main thing is that he's always there for me, no matter what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And he always is going to be working things out, no matter what I see. But that's just hard to believe in the moment at times. Yeah. And I did have a little setback a couple of weeks ago. I thought my youngest son was acting weird and I went right back there. Sure. And I think... God allowed it. I was really mad at myself. My husband would help me see. I was overreacting to my overreacting. I don't think now Grant had relapsed at all, but I was just fearful. He was just nervous about starting his new job is all this was. And I caught myself wanting to go. I just think this might be something women could relate to. I thought I should pray about this. Whatever was bothering me that more, some specific. And then I thought, why bother? Mm. I couldn't answer it anyway. And I knew that was wrong. And one time I heard in a class, a sister say, sometimes you don't even want it, but all you have to do is want to want it and God can work with it from there. And that was what I did. I wanted to want it and God worked me through all of it. Hmm. I just had to keep on trying to connect with God. He was there for me, even though because of the circumstances, I wasn't feeling it. Sure. I just wanted to share that really low point. <laughs> I'd forgotten about it. I thought that might be something that's relatable. No, it, it is because it's those moments where you're crawling out of yourself. Yes. And in that crawling, not knowing what the outcome is going to be, but when you do it, it's still good. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, that man, I don't want to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt in that moment. I was mad. It's like, God, I don't want to pray to you right now. Yeah. I, yeah. Felt, I feel so shameful saying that now, but yeah, that's how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. But again, amen, though, in the example of pushing through those emotions and reaping the benefit of it, I think that's what you exemplify the most in that is not allowing those emotions to dictate how you're going to live the rest of your life and lead you down a darker path. Yeah. Yeah. That's an incredible example, for sure. God helped me see, though, how much I've just got to work through things in my prayer times with him and talk to him like a friend. And I've been learning that lately. I've known that my whole life, but it's like I wasn't really doing it to this level till recently. Right. And that's what I learned through this, that I just I'm going to be overreacting and that I have to constantly walk with God. Yeah. That I've always been more of a Bible study girl instead of a prayer warrior. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I'm trying to really learn. I mean, of course, I pray throughout the day. I felt like that was more and more of my strengths, praying throughout the day, but really just having those long conversations with God. I'm really ADD, and that was just hard for me to do. Sure. I have to type my prayers on my computer now. That really works for me. Sure. But I appreciate you leaving with that understanding more than anything, because that's something that I've been stressing throughout our podcast series is that level of prayer and not being afraid to be vulnerable with God and just talk to him. And I think something you shared earlier on as well is that in those moments, that's where that peace develops. That's where you're able to not only gain clarity of the situation, but you're able to talk it through and have something that's bigger than yourself listen and respond over time, which I think is such an added bonus. Like not only do I get to blow up, but at some particular point, I am going to see God work through those circumstances. And I am going to see him start answering those prayers. It may not be the exact way that I want it, but I see him like doing little things here and there to say, hey, nope, I'm still here with you. I still got you. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how much I needed to grow in that area, but he has gently taken me by the hand and patiently shown me. Yeah. And I appreciate all the things that you shared up into that point in terms of wrestling through your disappointments, of even wrestling with God when your prayers were not answered. I think what's so key in what you shared is that you still kept going to God, even though the circumstances did not look ideal. Yeah. I really do strongly believe that it takes courage, determination, and focus to continue to look to God that way. And knowing that he's the only one that's going to give you that serenity and that peace, that healing that you need, instead of walking away from him. Absolutely. Yeah. And I appreciate your example in that way. And I hope to those who are listening that you heard that example and know that you can do it. It is accomplishable. In the darkest moments, you still have the capability of crying out and being with God and allowing him to work through that pain with you. Yes, absolutely. Well, Miss Patty, I thank you for all the things that you shared. You shared a lot. And so I always do like a recap show because sometimes there's so much good information that's coming out that as you listen to the first time, you might not catch it. So I try to do a recap so that all those little details can come out and and continue to mold and help us to grow and mature. So I really do thank you for your time today and you being vulnerable and honest with your experiences with us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for giving me the chance to share. Yes, thank you. As I said before, you guys enjoy the rest of your day and the week to come. And join us back next week where we're going to hash through all this wonderful information that you've heard and, and how to put this in a practical way in your own life. Thanks for listening.